So in this like interpretation, so mind's interpreting, or you could say it's dreaming. Yeah? But in the interpretation, there is a, uh, there's many sort of formalities or structures, but one of the major overlying themes is duality. So the mind, when it's entertaining you as the experiencer and this world as what's experienced, it just sees everything as in degrees. So it's, I really loved that day. Ah, the day was so-so. I really hated this day. And it just moves down these lines, yes, of being really great or really terrible. And then it locates you with the idea or a picture. How it locates and, and makes these little takes relevant is it pictures you as a body somewhere on this line, yeah? So that's your like the, the body idea, the identification as body is the mind's reminder. It's the mind's like flagpole. So every time it moves up and down this line, it just sticks that flagpole. So when you think about being far away, it's presented as a you, yeah? A physical uh, interpretation or representation of you that's far away, yeah? And then when it's, when it's you getting closer, even to your own demise, even into the absence of self, there's still you as this pictured getting really close to its own absence. <laughs> so it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And you would say the, the, uh, the tracks are time, yeah? So time's here, and then in time I can be, in time, it may take me some time, but in time I can be really close to what I want to be. And man, there was once a time I was really right there, and I hope there will be a time when I get there again, but now this time I'm really far away. Yeah? So it just keeps picturing you. And then as soon as the fixed object that the mind obsesses over, you, gets placed in one of these positions, it surrounds it. The thought system starts cooking. Yeah? It starts thinking. Yeah? It starts like emphasizing some feelings that go along with its little story and diminishing others that may not be, may be conflicting. Yes? And basically it just just like, it creates like a mental halo over you as the saint of all attention and interest, Saint Deb or Saint Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so all your interest and attention is circling around the saint of you. Yeah. And this is your thing. And it's being moved up and down all day, all day, all day. And it can't leave the track. Yeah. Because there's no tracks. There's only backward and forward. It's like two gears. <laughs> So you're thinking from the past about the future, <laughs> and then, yeah, you can't go, you can't make a left or a right. You may, you, what, it, what drives you crazy is you can see the fields, but you can't go in the fields. Yeah, it makes it even worse when you're on this track, yeah, because you're thinking one day I'll get to those fields, but you're never going to get to the fields because the track doesn't turn there. It just goes, all the while, it's like an imaginary, uh, platform on this field. You're already at the field. And that's the beauty of this moment, is that this moment is the access point to the timeless state. Yeah? This is the access point. Any other moment in the imaginary past cannot access that state. And any other moment in the imaginary future cannot access state. But every moment of the future and the past is actually this moment. 
So you're always accessing, even if your head's up the ass of self in the past, or it's up the ass of self in the future, that future in the past is being entertained now. There's no escaping the now. So, like, a lot of people have a huge desire, and there's a lot of books supporting the belief that you can get into the moment. You can be more in the moment. You can be more present. But the fact that all that, all that is based on is a lie that you could be out of the moment. Yeah? Once there's the belief that may not be noticed that I can be out of the moment, being in the moment can look like very, very like attractive. Yeah? It becomes mind candy to the conditional mind for some. Yeah? So now it's constantly going around this idea, I could be more in the moment, I could be more that person looks like they're really in the moment. You know, speed up and get more in the moment. How can I get more in the moment? And yet, all of that mental activity is based on an impossibility, and that impossibility is you being out of the moment. <laughs> you cannot be out of the moment. <laughs> so the quickest way to be, to be quote-unquote into the moment is realize you can't be out of the moment. Because it cuts off the whole story of Ali or Paul. Yeah. There's no you then involved in being in the moment. Because if there's a you involved in being in the moment, that you is involved in believing it cannot be in the moment. Truly. Its main premise, its main uh, denominator is not being in the moment. And then it looks like, oh, well, you'll get a great, like a little cookie you'd give a dog. You get into, oh, I'm really in the moment. You may get five minutes of, yee-hee. And then, but suddenly you're shot back into being out of the moment. This is all the movement on those tracks, yeah? But if you can't be out of the moment, that's actually truly being in the moment. And it doesn't take any time. And it, that demonstrates the quality of the solution, which is it's timeless, yeah? The solution doesn't take any time. It's timeless. Yeah? It intersects the linear story. That's presented as, oh, someday, sometime, somewhere, I'll be okay. It intersects that, and there's an immediate sense of okayness available now, prior to you being okay. As soon as you rise up, then you could be okay and not okay. And you don't know what part of your head has a lot of value put into not being okay. A lot of times it has a lot more value put into not being okay than being okay. As soon as the you arises, yeah? Okayness now becomes two possibilities. I could be on okay, man, that's a great story. I could talk to the people all night on my phone about how unokay I am. With and presenting it so that they don't catch on, presenting the idea that I really want to be okay. So they'll listen to my shit too long on time, yeah? Because <laughs> if they get sick of hearing it, knowing that I don't want to be free, my whole, the whole shtick is blown, so I better be, you know, throw a little really like to be out of this. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so we get very good at the song and dance, yeah? So we're, we're really, so the mind, when the you arises, you may have an idea that you'd really like to be okay, but the whole aspect of the you may not want to be, because it may be fielding or like mining more nuggets out of not being okay than it can get out of being okay. In a sense, real okayness is ordinary. It really is. You know, no one's really going to recognize you're okay. You're not going to look like you've been working out at the okay gym for 12 hours. You're not going to have like six-pack abs of okayness. You know, you may just look like a jamoke walking around. So there's not much glitter on the okayness. Really, there isn't. 
you, it's much more glittery if you haven't been okay for a while, and then you get to be okay. And there's a big story, what you did to have that happen. That's, now that puts a lot of spotlight on selfie, that. But just to be okay, which is a prior state to you, isn't really that glamorous. It really isn't. You can't, you're not going to win many people over with it. You know? And you can't really express it well, because it doesn't look like you climbed like a 4,000 cliff, you know, and you're sweating and getting grabbing, and you know, it's not a big story. Hey, yeah, I'm okay, you're okay, basically. You know, what? Yeah, and there's nothing you did to have this happen? Exactly. Well, that's the end of the story. Exactly. Yeah? So, as soon as this you arises, everything gets split. Yeah? So, what's always available at all times can have distance and space in it, yeah? And time in it, right? What's always available at all times now, be, now is put into a cave in the Himalayas, let's say, and the only time you can go on that retreat is in June, yes? And that, so the idea of okayness now put, gets put on this track so that you can be uh, embellished all along the trail to it, yes? Selfie is just, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy love affair of the mind with something it made up. It made up this idea of being a you, and it really cherishes it. It does. It has a cherishing of it. It's very fond of it. Not in a sort of, like in an addictive manner, yes? So, but if, if the you is questioned, just like this lady has said, well, if there's not a, if, if there wasn't anyone who got the other messages, and therefore there isn't anyone who didn't get the other, this message, that, that's a giant open field of possibility. Maybe, yeah, something will land on you now. Yeah, maybe you'll you'll actually be prior to getting it. Yeah, you'll have a knowledge prior to you getting it. That not to me that kind of knowledge, I find I call it finding out. It's very convincing. Yeah, it's very prior to the you. That's where convincing is. Convinced you cannot convince this. This can be convinced, but it'll be unconvinced five minutes later. It, ha it can't hold any convincing up here, because it's either or. It's just split, yeah? It can't, it, all its attention and interest just can't stay on one side of the court. It has a predilection to bounce on the other side. And I've seen it in recovery. I've seen people who are thoroughly beaten at 8 o'clock the night before, and they are totally convinced they're screwed, and then at 11 o'clock that night, they're not anymore. They're running around like crazy, yes? Because, and then a lot of people are hoping that they're going to get it as this. This will not get it. It will get it and then not get it, yeah? That you can't, this can't stabilize because it's agitation. It's like a tide, yeah? Like the, in the ocean, there's a low tide and high tide. You may not see it, but there's always agitation in the ocean. It's moving, yes? So to place a house on that, you would think, oh, it, right now I could put a houseboat right there. It's low tide, everything would be great. But when the high tide comes, the houseboat, you ever been on a houseboat when the tide comes in, it starts creaking, it's moving, it loses its balance? You've got to have a damn good anchor to keep it somewhat in place. It just, it just gets moved by what you can't really see. It slowly comes in, slowly goes out, but there's a movement, yeah? So conditional mind, conditional mind, Mind is, is, what we're taking ourselves to be is a conditional mind. It's a split mind. In other words, it's either this or that, yes? It's like even the brain is left hemisphere, right hemisphere, the whole thing. You have two ears. 
You have two eyes, two nostrils, you have two hands. Everything is dualistic. Yes, the whole... Even if you watch people on TV's faces, if you split them, one side looks totally different than the other side. One eye's droopy and very evil, maybe, and the other one's like, yeah, buy this, and this, oh, we're going to fuck you. Oh, yeah, but listen to me. I got the, your best interest in, no, I want to get you. Yeah? Really, just watch it sometimes. Watch people's faces. They're, one side is totally different than the other side. If you split them, they will look like two different people. Yeah? So the, this split mind is yes and no, high, low, good, bad. I'm doing great. I'm doing terrible. Yeah? But all of that activity and all of th that, the feeling of it being so real is based on the you it's, it's hinged on, the sense of a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yes? We're not, it's impossible to have it stay like this and then live up here. It's not. It's going to swing this way. It's just, that's its nature. Just like there's not just a low tide. It's always followed by a high tide then a low tide, then a high tide. There's just not low tide, low tide, low tide, low tide. It's my phone. Yeah? There's never just a low tide. So it, it's followed by a movement, contrary to the first movement. Yeah? So one movement goes low, and then goes high. So w if, this is, if this is all pivoting on this idea of being you, we're not questioning this. We're not trying to say, I have a new and improved turbocharged Buddhism that will let you stay on this side all the time. Yes, never go here. Yeah? No, no. I'm just questioning this. The pivot point. The pivot point. If the pivot point isn't so, I think the whole apparatus gets gets uh, shifted. Yeah? When this is pulled out. Yeah? I don't know what will happen with you, but you'll find out. If I'm not that, you'll find out what happens. And maybe the swings may not be so extreme. And maybe in a sense... In this, this movement of low and, tide, and high tide, you'll be placed in a position of neutrality. In other words, the low and high tide will be happening, but your attention and interest won't be like the water splashing the one side of the bowl to the other side of the bowl. Yeah? Maybe the water and the attention and interest will attend to that movement, but stay centered yes, in the position of neutrality, not so much swinging back and forth. And in the position of neutrality, which in recovery they say will be placed with no thought or effort on our part, the thought or effort would be agitation of the system. That's why self can't get out of self. When you try to think about a problem, it spawns more problems, yeah? You can't apply what produced the problem to, you know, to find a solution to it. It's impossible. So the agitation of thinking and, and effort will be dismissed because you'll be placed in this position of neutrality with no thought or effort. So there'll be no agitation of mind attempting to produce serenity. It'll be just an acknowledgement, I'm not that which is agitated. Yeah? I'm not that which is agitated. Yeah? That could be the possibility of the serenity. I am not that which is agitated. It doesn't deny the agitation. It does not deny the agitation. Because it sees the agitation, it sees the movement, but it's not all of its disattention and interest is sitting in the neutrality, and some of it goes with the movement. In the split mind, when you identify it as, as the idea of being a self, all your attention and interest just keeps swinging. And whenever it rests, it rests on you as the center, which is agitated. The idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity is agitated because it's not concrete. It's not real. It has to be made up and reinforced. So there's a lot of work going on in the selfing
to produce this like holographic center that you take to be you, a solid, independent, separate entity, a thing, an island of, of itself. That's made up, and it's supported by thought. So this constant, your, your sense of you is basically agitation. That's what self-seeking is, it says. When you're in AA, it says self-seeking and frightened. You can, it doesn't separate the two. Self-seeking is frightened. Yeah, it's agitated. It's stirred up. Yeah. It has a very strong sense it's not real. It doesn't want to admit that or face that. And so it's just huffing and puffing all day. <laughs> giving tons of meaning to things that make it look like it has a huge, big, meaningful life. Yeah. But in fact, it's scared shit. It's agitated that it won't get what it wants and lose what it has. Yeah. You can't build a house on agitation. Like Jesus says, you, it's crazy to build a house on sand, yeah? Because sand shifts. So selfing, the split mind, is nowhere to put up. A, no convincing can ever be planted there, yeah? No, no stability, no foundation can ever set in selfing because it's split. It's like a tide. You, how can you build a big house on, a, on shifting water when the low and the high tides? Yeah? This is seeing, I'm not that, and maybe they'll, you'll find, finally, a, a, a center, but not, it won't be in self. It will be centered, but not in self. Yeah? It's the same thing as self-centeredness, but we're taking the self out of it. It's just centeredness now. And centeredness, when it's not self, can have a very, very strong magnetic gravity of okayness, of a holding, it's, it's holding the space, yeah? Like holding the space. It gets pretty damn good, yeah? When it, all the movements keep happening, but there's a sense of space that's there, solid, that your attention and interest is glommed onto. Instead of going with every wave like this constantly, it sits in with more a sense of the ocean, so to speak, yeah? And the ocean as a whole yeah, isn't moving. It's actually in all the movement, there's a deep stillness. Yes. So you find that stillness, and now you're living centered, but not self-centered. Yeah. And centered is always available at all times, no matter where, right where you are, no matter what your mind's thinking, there's centeredness. Why? Because wherever awareness is, that's the center. And this is demonstrating awareness all freaking day. Yeah. Unfortunately, in our view, it's our awareness, which is, <laughs> is putting the cart way before the horse. <laughs> I would say awareness is the, is the horse. And <laughs> the story of me is the cart, but we like to put the cart in front of the horse and claim the awareness as I'm doing it. I'm aware. Oh, well, well, where did you get that awareness? Oh, I don't know. I think I was a special. I was a chosen one. I, mean, I, was, a, I was aware. I was aware early. Yes. I became very aware early. Yeah, oh, yeah. What did you do? Did you go to a school? Yeah, no, no. It just came to me naturally. I would say awareness is prior to the appearance of you. <laughs> and if you want to follow your lineage, if you do your little family tree or your evolutionary thing, I would say if you want to follow back where you come from and actually from where you are, I would say awareness is the mother and father. <laughs> I don't think I think you're you're like a fruit hanging off the tree of awareness. Yeah, 
Some are riper than others, some are pretty unripe. Some are, <laughs> some are rolling around in the ground, who knows? But I would say uh, awareness is the mother and father. Yeah, so if you want to try to you know, trace back your family lineage, just see what's the conscious contact happening today. I would say, oh, that's mom and dad, consciousness. <laughs> that's from whence I came. We didn't come from, we're there, you know? So with that little bit of information coming in, it tends to leaven the, uh, the cake mix here. Yeah? <laughs> it tends to sort of uh, allow us to travel lighter. I don't know why, but it's worked that way for me. I started... I had entertained a lot of things around what I thought was causing me to suffer. I had over the years. Yeah, I entertained it was you. <laughs> I entertained it was the authorities. I entertained it was me. I entertained, you know, it was drugs and alcohol. I entertained a lot of things, but none of them really resonated. Some resonated better than others. But when I heard that the idea that uh, self was what has defeated me. And the way it was, it was shared was that self and me were two different things. Actually, self and me are the same thing. But self and what I am are two different things. We're not things, really, but I have the language, what can you say? So self is what has defeated us. And I got that. But then I got it even clearer when I looked around the room of recovery and I asked myself, all right, now if we were all asked the same question, what self defeated us, we'd all have the same answer. And what would that be? It would be myself, yeah? So then when it hit me, it was myself, I realized it's not self that defeated me, yeah? It's the identification as self that defeated me, which is very different than self defeated me. Because if you're identified as self, you can easily be the me that's defeated by self, and you're still bonded to the idea of being self, yeah? If the, if there's an identification as self, the self will take the role of being me, and it will cast this idea of self as what defeated it, but it's self-defeating self. It's like, a, it's like a shadow boxing with yourself there. Yeah? You're thinking, oh, this adversarial thing, self, has attacked me. No. The sense of being the one who's attacked is selfing. The feeling of being the one that life is happening to is selfing. That's what it's like. That's the product of it, yeah? So self can't get out of self is a beautiful, beautiful statement. Hopefully that it will lead you to just giving fucking up, basically. <laughs> because if there's an identification of self, no matter what stance it takes, oh, I'm at, I can see the escape hatch, I can see I got the greatest exit plan, all of that is in the same prison of selfing, yeah? Because prison isn't a thing, it isn't a building, it's an activity of mind. It's a verb of mind, selfing, that produces an illusion or it implies or refers or indicates that there's a you that everything's happening to. And that you is comprised of a very strong holographic picture as a body and a tons of old ideas and beliefs about you. Yeah? That becomes the center of the system called self-centeredness. And then the rest of the system, the thoughts, are just to reinforce that. That's what it did. So when that was shown to me, that... that was revelatory, incredibly revelatory, because I was involved in self trying to get out of self. Yeah. Though there was some relief, there was never radical freedom. It was always temporary, yeah? circumstantial and conditional. 
But when I entertain that she's, it's actually a mental verb going on all day, which is called the act of being identified as a self. And if I take a look at it and I don't hold it as that's about me, I lose interest in it. <laughs> it's the greatest spiritual practice of all, losing interest, really. There's not much you have to do. If you see something as not being you, you lose interest in it. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. And I mean a big chunk of interest. I mean a big chunk of interest. And a lot of your attention gets freed from constantly looking at the movie of Paul being played over and over again in your little porno theater every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> you actually entertain the possibility, hey, I can leave the theater. <laughs> Well, I don't want these stale jujubes anymore. This popcorn sucks and it sort of smells in here. <laughs> you can actually leave now. And that's the, re that's the revelatory idea of this message, is that if you entertain you're not that which is driving you crazy, you can be free of it. You can be free of it. Yeah? If you entertain the parasite is like a foreign installment. If you can entertain it, then the host can walk away. Yeah? If you're identified as the parasite, when the host walks away, it's carrying the parasite. And wherever it goes, no matter to the highest, loftiest solution bases or to the sixth and markets of the world, it's still going to be bonded to the idea of being a self. And that is the true addiction and the true slavery here. Not if you're wearing gold chains or, or uh, iron chains, but the fact that there's, you're chained to an idea, a mental idea of being a something, when you are nothing, in a sense. You are awareness, bright, conscious awareness. Yeah. Moving through these cameras, but not being of the camera itself. Yeah moving through these cameras, enlivening these cameras, these cameras come alive when awareness moves through them, yes? And then they do what they do, which is to project a movie and to have a world. And obviously, in all, all the research they're finding now, the world's not happening outside, it's happening in your brain, in your, your synapses, in your neurons, yes? In a sense, there's no real world. It's all happening in the brain. And what enlivens that, what infuses with that, with that possibility is light, undifferentiated light of awareness. It comes through this apparatus and then it differentiates. It gets split into male, female, high, low, dark, night, yes, light, everything like that. All of it, it's like, this is just a set of like uh, lenses, yeah? The light hits them and by their angles, by their conditioning, they present, they project. Yeah? And they project the world, and then we live a dream in a way, like the Course in Miracles says, we're the dreamer of the dream. It's funny because it says you and I are the dreamer of the dream. Now I like to look at I as subjectivity, let's say, and you as the object. Yeah? The object that's uh, faking subjectivity when it's called me. Yeah? So there's all these you's, and at the same time there's the I, the one I seeing through all the you's. And every you with self-centeredness in place takes the you to be a me. Yeah? And so in this world of yous, if everyone in this world voted what I was, they'd say, every day they see me, it would be you. They'd see a you. Yeah? Yet, stubbornly, I keep claiming this you to be me. <laughs> I'm me. I'm the only me here. 
<laughs> All of you are yous, and I'll treat you like I've treated every other you in my life, but I am me. Yeah. <laughs> and yet you're sitting there, and you're the only me, and I'm a you. Yeah. So I'd rather take the votes of two billion people than I'm a you. Yeah. So it says, all right, you and I have given everything all the meaning it has. So there's a, there's a seeming choice in a way. It's an option, not a choice. The you, being identified as this, will give meaning to life from this position, from this point of interpretation. And also the I will give meaning to life. The I coming from subjectivity, let's say, or spirit. Yeah? So the possibility or the option here is you can be living the fruits of the I giving meaning to life or you can be living the fruits of you giving meaning to life and the way you'd be living those fruits would be me. Yeah? Me. Yes? One of the things that would be projected from this you would be the sense of being me. Yeah? You'd be living life with that meaning. The other one, I would be giving the meaning. Subjectivity. This you, this me, this meaning down here would have its own possibilities, its own spectrums. We've been through every inch of that system. We've gone over every Solomonist plan it offers of how to be happy. We've entertained every possibility of being saved by money, relationships, da 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 da. And basically, most of us, for most of us, it's failed. It's a failed system. Yeah. Now the I can also be giving meaning very clearly into your life through this same camera. Yeah. And what would be bouncing back from that will be a different response. Yes. I call a traveling lighter. <laughs> You're using the same format. The light's coming in. It's going to be projected out of these conditionings. One, one center point of interpretation is the you that's been identified as me. Or the other point is I. Yeah? And there's different flavors in both spectrums. You'll see it's like wearing a different pair of glasses. Yeah? One's rosy colored, the other's, let's say, yellowish tint. Yeah? The possibility is there, the option is available, but it's not, the option isn't available to you because you're already sunk into the one system of, yeah, the me. Yeah? If there's a feeling of being me, that I'm going to get this message, you're in that system. So self can't get out of that system. It's, that's where it only lives, is in that system. So if you see that I'm not that center of that system, then the possibility of I kicking in immediately is available. Yeah? Seeing life from the point of view of I, subjectivity, instead of me, which is false subjectivity. I sees life happening, me sees it's happening to me. Yeah? Totally different story. Usually different. Life is happening. We both agree on that. But the one term with the you is it's happening to me. The I doesn't have that so much. It's just happening. Yeah? And I found that you travel a lot better when life is happening than if it's happening to you. <laughs> because once it's happening to you, there's a claiming of it, and then thousands of opinions and thoughts get spawned. From it's like having sex. You claim, oh, this is life's happening to me. You couple with it, and it spawns tons of orphans of thoughts, which you're beholden to because you claim them. I'm the father of all these thoughts. I'm the thinker of all these thoughts. I'm the feeler of all these feelings. You're immediately, you gotta, they all have to move into what you call your life. And then they never leave. They don't like leave and go to college. They stay home the rest of your life. <laughs> and you've got to feed them and pay attention to them. That's the real cost. Your attention and interest is wedded in all their little gripes and the thing. Hey, it should be better. I would this. <laughs> but if the claiming is does if the first stamp of 
tattooing doesn't occur, all the other, all the other tattoos are henna. They wash off very quickly. It's this ink tattoo that lasts. Yeah? It's the ink tattoo that lasts. It's the claiming of it as me. That changes the whole ballgame. You're not washing this off. But you got to get shirts if you don't want it to be seen or doing this and do that. All your life now has to fit itself around that. The whole idea of being me. And I'll tell you, the me is very, very ravenous for interest and attention because it doesn't have a, an inherent image. It needs a reflection of its false image. There's no, there is no Paul as a thing. So it has to constantly be reflected. Yeah? Self does, is, there is no self. There is no noun. No matter how much the verb of selfing is sown with your interest and attention, you'll never harvest a noun called self out of it. It will only appear to be a self. It can never cross the line from appearance into creation. It cannot. Yeah? It's an appearance. It has to be, you're constantly cultivating it with seeds of interest and attention, but it can only spawn an imaginary appearance. It cannot become you. That's the freedom from it. Its inherent nature is the cause of freedom. It's not real. If it was real, we'd be sunk. If you were conscious, your whole life would pretty much be about being unconscious. If you were actually, if the spigot made consciousness, it would be unconscious and conscious, yes? But consciousness is prior to the spigot of your interpretation. It's a, a giant field of consciousness. It's not split into unconscious or conscious. That's how it can appear here, but its essence is consciousness. And it doesn't lose its essence after you trample over it with your interpretation. It's still consciousness. It's always available at all times. No matter how much you claimed it and made it into a verb or made it into something you, you can acquire or lose, it still doesn't change its nature, which is always available at all times. That's the solution. It's a timeless solution. So any problem which is produced and engendered and reinforced in time can't stand the test of timelessness. Time cannot eclipse timelessness. Timelessness shines through the only moment there is in time, which is now. Yeah? All the others are just phantom smoke, past and future times. Yeah? It's just the mind partitioning what can't be divided. That's all it does. It makes a false partitioning, a false cutting of the pie. The pie cannot be cut. It's timeless. It's seamless, yeah? Like a seamless cloth, yeah? It's seamless, it's whole. It can't be partitioned and diced up. It can appear to be. To us, it's not appearing to be to that to animals. Yeah, I saw a pigeon the other day. It was really wild. It had one feather stuck up like this, a white feather on his head. It looked unbelievable. It looked like a punk rocker who dyed his hair white. It had no, it's never seen its face. It was just doing its pigeonness. The only ones that were noticing it were us. Yeah? It wasn't noticing itself. It's never seen itself as this. It was just pigeoning, and it had this, and then another one had the same feather but sticking out of here. It was so weird. What the hell is going on here? It was like a little tribe. These people call me at the. You know? So, so, and the guy says, uh, guy that was sitting there says, you think he's embarrassed? I said, the cat pigeon's not embarrassed. He had never seen himself. He's just pecking away. 
You know, it's only us that are absorbed in our own reflection all day. We can't get it from a mirror. We get it from the mental mirror. Thoughts about us all day. It's like a almost like pixels, thousands of pixels of thoughts. Thousands of pixels of thoughts, yeah, that produce a little image. You see yourself in your head, don't you? You picture yourself in your head. It's like thousands of thoughts are creating the image. Without that, without those thoughts blending or melding into an image, there would be no reflection. After a while, you totally lose interest in self, yeah? And you gain interest in others. You gain interest in a lot of things. Who and you probably, hopefully, gain interest in nothing. You'd just be interested in awareness. Yeah. You'd have like a little sense of presence that's exuding out of nothingness instead of all the false-like presences, like emanating from bodies and things. You'd sense another premise, a presence out of nothingness. And maybe it's almost like infrared glasses. Your, your eye may get trained into picking up nothingness, your single eye, the eye of a mind, yeah? And sensing presence of seeing nothing, but literally having a sense of seeing nothing, a sense, a strong sense of it. It's the greatest source of immunity to all the things going on around here. It truly is. There's no shield you can have here that's going to protect you from these slings and arrows. The shield comes from timelessness. The shield comes from in acceptance and in surrender and in powerlessness. It doesn't come in trying to armor yourself with new techniques and everything. It's about surrendering and giving up any more acquiring of things and abandoning yourself to no thing. Yeah? So your interest and attention can be unwedded to that idea of being Paul all day. What's the greatest thing is what drops is the constant narrator noting what's happening. It, it just that whole, that one aspect of the constant voice in you, it's not constant, but the frequently recurring voice in one's head is the noting, yeah? Claiming, like, tagging everything. You know, I'll put this in the good category, put this in the bad category, put this in the forgetful category, whatever. All that, just, that when that drops, it's a really nice... The space just opens up, you know, and then you really know the problem by the solution. You do. When the problem recedes, it's just like if someone put my a hand on my shoulder right now, since I was a baby, I wouldn't know it was there because it's always been there. Yeah. The only way I would know it was when it was removed. Yeah. So when the selfing gets, when the interest and attention is withdrawn from the selfing, it's like the hand being lifted off your shoulder, then you know how heavy the hand was. Then you know, oh, that was the problem. Yeah? You know the problem by the solution. You do not know the problem by the problem. That's just self-knowledge, and it avails you nothing on a certain level, which is it will never lead you to freedom of self. Self-knowledge is knowledge just claimed by selfing. Yeah? It's not going to lead you to freedom of self. But when it's lifted, you'll know, oh, that's why. That's why it was seemingly to be like this. So you know the problem by the solution. Yeah? So when you entertain, I'm not that, the solution may become more dominant in your attention and interest, and you'll realize exactly so. That was the last answer I've needed in this life. I'm not that. It's been finally recognized. What's the activity of the problem? I'm not the center 
or the, or the uh, gravitational pull center to keep that system going, the idea of being a pole, and then the, that little, all those tight orbits loosen up and what, ha what gets emphasized is space. Yes? It's big, big space, presence like that. And you know the tree by its roots. You'll know you're onto something by the results. Yeah, you don't need verification. If you like to read about it, there's lots of statements of it in history and spirituality and stuff. But there's no need for it because you've got it in your own gut. You know. It's an unspoken yes. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what my head feels like or my body feels like. There's an unknowing, there's an unmoving knowing that this ain't so. <laughs> I am not, how could I be determined because I'm constantly in a different place? Where, where am I? Where can I say, oh, that's where I am? Yeah. <laughs> As a figure. <laughs> I feel different all day. Every second of the day, my body feels different. Every second. Every second, there's different stimuli being noted in there. There's awareness of all these things. It's like constantly walking around in a sky of fireworks. <laughs> I swear to God. Things that I feel things in my ankle, my toes, everything going on. Synapses firing, sounds in my head, everything's happening. <laughs> it's like a giant kaleidoscope of stimuli. And uh, oh, this is me. <laughs> You'd have to change that every second. Me, 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 me. How many me's are there? None. That's why there seems to be thousands. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think it's... I had this, you know, in my little conditioning. It's like if I saw a good movie, I'd try to share it with everybody. Yeah? This is like the coolest thing that I ever fell, on, I fell over, you know? 